So very good to see you here. As always, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to be with your brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you're here in person or you're watching online. We love you and we are so thankful for you. I'm excited to introduce to you our guest speaker tonight. Todd Coteau has been the preaching minister at the Park Avenue Congregation in Denison for almost 30 years. January will be 30 years. He and his wife, Henry Ann, have four kids and they have two grandsons. He is a native of Massachusetts, and he wanted me to tell you that he is a big fan of Boston sports. We won't hold that against him because we are a loving church and we love everybody. So we are so thankful, Todd, that you're here. Come and preach the word to us, brother. Thank you. Always good to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Uh, I was speaking, uh, Garth, is Garth, where's Garth? Garth was wondering if I was going to be able to keep him awake, and I said, well, it's up to you whether you stay awake or not, but of my four children, I have one son who's in medical school, and uh, people ask him, anyone with medical school, you ask, what are you going to specialize in? And so he's always, uh, this may change, but he's always wanted to be an uh, anesthesiologist. And so I, so I tell people, he, he's kind of in the same business that I am, putting people to sleep, but... Hopefully he does it better than I do. But So I want to talk to, today about trusting uh, in the Lord. And this is a sermon that I preached uh, early on in 2023 at the Park Avenue Church of Christ. And they said I could preach a sermon I've already preached. That really makes it a little bit easier to try to customize it to, uh, to your situation. But I preached this uh, sermon in January. And we have a tradition there at the Park Avenue Church of Christ that we've been doing for about seven years now, we have a Covenant Sunday, and so that's why on these slides you'll see that phrase, Covenant Sunday. It's at the beginning of the year, and it's just a special service where we call people to, to kind of renew their commitment to the Lord and uh, just to think about their lives and challenge them, uh, you know, kind of step it up to grow uh, in faith. And we always have a theme for our Covenant Sunday, and our theme for 2023 was uh, trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, uh, 5 through 6. And so on Covenant Sunday, we also have this tradition where we have these stones that are engraved, and uh, this year it says trust in the Lord, and then it has Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and we hand these out, one per family, and uh, take those home, put them in a place, a prominent place, so that it'll be a reminder to you of this recommitment that you've made during uh, this year. And over seven or eight years, it's pretty neat. I'll have people send me pictures of uh, kind of like a little rock garden that they've put together in their home of all the scriptures and all of the themes that we've had uh, throughout the years. I was telling that story to another preacher friend. He says, you know, it's really brave to hand out rocks to your congregation uh, while you're preaching, but so far there have been no injuries uh, whatsoever. So the theme, trust in the Lord, so I want to talk about trust. I want to look at these three questions tonight. First of all, just what is trust? Just to look at a definition of what that word means. And then why do we need to trust? I mean, why is that important in our lives? Why is that something that we're talking about? Why does, the, why does Scripture call us to be trusting uh, people? And then uh, the most important question is, who are you going to trust? Because right? there's a lot of people saying, trust me, you can, you can count on me. And so we have to make sure that the person or the being that we trust in is worthy of our trust. So let's just start off with a, a definition of trust. This is kind of adapted from a, a dictionary, a theological dictionary that I have. Uh, but let me read that to you. Trust. The sense of well-being and security which results from having something or someone in whom to place confidence. The feeling of being safe or secure, 
to be unconcerned. And not unconcerned in the sense that you're not going not to do anything, but to be in that place where you're not just consumed by worries. And I just love some of the words that are in that definition, secure. I, I want to feel secure. I want to have this sense of confidence. I want to believe that my life is headed somewhere, that I, and it's a good place that my life is headed. I love the word safe, feeling safe. Uh, I love that, con- that unconcerned also, just, just not, 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 not worried. Now, I find myself so many times not experiencing these qualities. This doesn't always define my life. Perhaps the, the time in my life that probably described this sense is when I was a child. Yeah, I think back, had a good childhood, mother and father loved me, took care of things, and I know that's, that's not the story for everyone, but for me, it was a time where I just didn't worry about anything. You know, there were no bills to pay, I didn't worry about the bills, I, don't, I didn't even know what was going on, I'm sure my mom and dad had conversations and, and difficulties as I was growing up, but I was just kind of insulated from that, you know, I had a home that I could go to, a, a room that I could go to, a little TV. I could watch the Boston Red Sox uh, 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 try to win a pennant. They eventually did uh, in 2004, but uh, uh, it was just a place, I, and, and I long for that feeling. And, and maybe that's why Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, he says, he talks about little children, and he says, you've you got to change, you can be, be like little children, or else you'll never really enter the kingdom of heaven. You'll, you'll never really get to that place where I want you to be, and experience who I am, and experience that sense of peace, and security, and confidence, until you become like that little child. And I know that's deeper than that, but I think that's one thing that Jesus is getting at. Can we really put our trust in God? All right, why do we need trust? I think all of us, I've spoken about how, how that's a real nice place to be in, but we've also been in the other place, the land of no trust. Haven't you been there? You know, it's a place of despair, a place of hopelessness, misery, gloom, nothing is going right, and, and it just really weighs down on you. So I was there, I was, I was in the land of mistrust uh, last summer. Uh, occasionally I go back to New England to visit my family, and so me, my wife, and, and uh, one of my children, my son, we went up to, to Boston. I live north of Boston, about 30 miles, and and we always went to the beach in Maine, York Beach, Maine, one of my favorite places in the world. And so we were going to go up there to Maine in the summertime in New England. Man, it's like 80, 85 degrees. Just, it, was, it was just a perfect, perfect day. So we go up to York Beach, Maine, and the parking, there was a, there's a street that goes right by the ocean. Park, ocean, right over here. You walk down, and there's the beach. And so you got to pull in parallel parking. So I found, a, I found a place where I didn't have to parallel park, and so I'm pulling in there. And by the way, I have a rental car. And I'm pulling into that parking space, and there's this big granite curb, and I can hear the sound. And then I remembered at the gate when I was checking out that car, when they asked, would you like the additional insurance? (laughs) I remember saying, no, I don't need that. For the rest of the day, I was just burdened with that worry, burdened with that concern. It was a beautiful day. We sat down on the beach. All I could think about is, oh, how much is this going to cost me? What have I done? Um, you know, I was with my wife, the woman I love, with my son, whom I love, and in this beautiful place, my sister and brother-in-law, and it really ruined my day because I worried about that. And, and that's why we need trust, because without it, 
we can't even really enjoy the good things in life. And we're miserable. I was miserable to be around. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, but it was also translated into Greek. And it was, that translation was very common and popular among the Jewish people. And in the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, that word trust is often translated with the word hope. And so when we get to the New Testament that's written in Greek, when we see that word hope, I know it's a different word, and there is a word for trust, but that word, Greek word that's translated hope has this connection with trust. In Hebrews chapter 11, we see that, that hope is actually an integral part of our faith. If we're faithful people, we're going to be people filled with hope. And that includes being people that have this trust in God. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. So trust is so critical in living a productive, faithful life. Without that trust, without that hope, I mean, we, we, we just don't... We just don't have peace. And a lot of times we, we try to find that peace by involving ourselves in oftentimes destructive and sinful uh, behaviors. One of my colleagues up there at Park Avenue, Basil McClure, some of you may know Basil, um, he, uh, he was teaching a class, I think it was on trust, I I'm, I'm, don't remember, but he, he said he saw someone at a, at a restaurant with this t-shirt on and it said, I'm going to let God fix it. Because if I fix it, I'm going to jail. <laughs> you know, that's, that's sometimes when we, when we get into that gloom, despair, that land of no trust, sometimes we just lose it. And we do foolish things, trying to find, where's peace? Where can I find it? And so we'll just grab at anything in order to find that, that land of, of trust and peace. Later that night, and up in, up in uh, Maine, I did get to talk to my insurance agent and uh, he assured me, Todd, we've got things covered. This is why I'm your insurance agent. Don't worry at all. And so then a weight was lifted. The grass was greener. The air was cleaner. And I was a lot nicer once I had that confidence that things were going to be taken care of. So we need, we need to have trust. We need to have trust. All right, last question. Who? Who am I going to trust? You know, this sounds pretty easy. Well, just trust someone. But it's... it's more difficult than it may seem, especially in our world where we are surrounded by reminders that people can't be trusted. All around us, we, we're taught to be suspicious of people, aren't we? Security cameras everywhere we go. You know, at our church, we installed security cameras. We have someone in a closet watching over us to make sure there's no one that's going to harm us. There's security cameras all over the place. That's a reminder. I really can't trust. Is, is it all right? Is, am, I, am I safe here? We have locks and security systems. On your home, you probably have some type of video system at your home. You have a, a video doorbell, and you can check, is there someone at my house? Because we're suspicious that something's going to happen. Every website, you want to get into a website and some type of online banking, you got to have a password. you got to change it every three months, and, and you forget it. And you just go crazy because you have all these passwords that you have to remember. Because we don't trust people. We're afraid people are going to get into my bank account and try to, try to steal from me. You go to the airport and they x-ray you, they x-ray your luggage, security guards and metal detectors at just about every public venue. Have you visited your child or grandchild at a school recently? You've got to whip out your license, they've got to do a background check on you, you've got to get certified, and then you've got to wear a tag. They don't trust you. Want to volunteer anywhere, you have to have a background check. There's so many reminders around us that people cannot be trusted. And so this suspicion 
that is all around us, I think it kind of bleeds into, it seeps into our subconsciouses, subconsciouses that sometimes we find it hard to trust other people. And so all of that in our society, there are all kinds of reminders. You can't trust. You better watch out. Someone's after you. In addition to that, we have many individual experiences that erode our trust in humanity. We buy a product and they say, this is what it's going to do. It's going it's to work just like this. And it's from someone that we trust and we bring it home and, and it doesn't do what it was supposed to do or it breaks. And so that erodes our trust. We have a friend and that friend, yeah, man, I'm going to be a friend forever. You know, you can count on me. You got a friend in me no matter what. And that friend betrays you eroding your trust in people. Marriages that fall apart. You've made that vow to someone. I'm going to be there forever. In rich or poor, sickness and health, no matter what. And then if a marriage falls apart, that erodes your capacity to trust people. All of these are eroding. And it sounds easy to trust, but man, it is hard to trust. It is. It's hard to trust. And, and the Bible tells us, just don't trust anybody. <laughs> Don't trust everyone or everything. In fact, there are several scriptures that talk about don't trust this. Don't trust horses and chariots. Don't even trust yourself. Don't even trust your friends. And so the Bible tells us there are several things that are not worthy of our trust. But the Bible does say that there is someone who is worthy of our trust. And that's the Lord. And this is our passage, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord. Note that the proverb gives, uh, proverb gives three qualifications for our trust. Qualification number one, with all of your heart. We have to be sold out on God. It can't be half-hearted. Your half-hearted trust is really not trust at all. I mean, if we trust the Lord, we're going to trust him with all of our heart. This half-heartedness, this really doesn't solve that problem of living in the land of no trust. I mean, we may, we may exit it for a little while, but we still deal with all of this, this insecurity. And this is something that the Israelites dealt with. Read through the Old Testament. And the Israelites, they wanted to trust in the Lord, but they all also wanted to trust in some of the other gods, the gods of the Canaanites. And so the Old Testament, the prophets are basically, you've got to trust in the Lord. Quit trusting in these other false gods, these Baals, whatever they may be. Remember the story it's in 1 Kings chapter 18. The story of Elijah, remember that? He's challenging the prophets of Baal, uh, God's story. But before that story, in verse 21, Elijah comes before the people and he says, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Make a decision. It's got to be one or the other. It's not 60-40, 50-50, You've got to trust the Lord with all of your heart. And so we need to ask ourselves the question, who, who do I really trust? Who am I going to see as the authority that's going to bring me to that peace, to that security, to that land of feeling unconcerned? Are we going to let culture? Are we going to trust culture? Are we going to trust our friends? Are we going to trust social media? Are we going to trust the news? Who? Because everyone is calling for us to trust them because once we trust someone, it's to the financial advantage to many people, or a power advantage. And so a lot of people want us to trust. But who are we going to trust? It's simple, trust in the Lord. Second qualification, lean not on your own understanding. Now this is probably the most difficult one for me. Because trusting God will often contradict our own understanding of the situation. You know, God's going to tell me something that I don't agree with. 
In fact, doesn't that word trust imply I want you to do something that I think is right and you may not think is right? When someone says, hey, trust me, what are they trying to do? They're they're trying to say, don't trust your own opinion. Don't do what you want to do. Do what I want you to do, even though it doesn't make sense. It normally goes against what we think is best. And so trust requires submission and humility. I don't know, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. I don't know if they chose that passage because of, because of this passage, but isn't it? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. You humble, it takes a lot of humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. He'll bring you to that land of peace. He'll bring you to that land uh, of confidence. A couple of scriptures in Proverbs. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Can't even trust ourselves. Proverbs 28, 26, those who trust in themselves are fools. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You trust in yourself. You can't. You can't even trust yourself. But those who walk in wisdom, they are kept safe. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Third qualification, in all your ways, submit to Him. Again, relinquish control. Trust requires submission and humility. Here are some quotes from some uh, great Christian thinkers in the past. D.L. Moody said, I would rather trust God than my own deceitful heart. Charles Spurgeon, the very essence of anxiety is imagining that we are wiser than God. And another quote, I don't have it up there, C.S. Lewis said, there would be no sense in saying you trusted Jesus if you would not take his advice. Yeah. Have you ever had that experience where someone will come for you for advice? And yeah, I really think this is the best thing to do. And then they do the exact opposite. You know, they, they come to you again. You know, what, what would you like? Eventually, you're not going to give them advice anymore. It's so frustrating. And that's how God feels. He's so frustrated. You know, God, just give me the wisdom in this situation. I trust in you. And then we do the exact opposite. I mean, that's, he's, Jesus is not Lord. We're not really trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. We're leaning on our own understanding. We're not submitting ourselves to Him. So, so it's translated, uh, in all your ways, submit to Him. And another translation has that, uh, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. I know at least the New American Standard Bible has the word acknowledge instead of submit. And that word that's translated, the, the Hebrew word is yad, yada, something like that. I'm not a Hebrew expert. But that, is, that word means to know. In fact, that's the word that's used in Genesis chapter 4 in the old King James Version when Adam knew Eve. It's talking about a very, very close, intimate relationship. And so I think part of this proverb is saying, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all your ways, know God. And I'm convinced of this. The more that we know God the more we'll trust Him. (laughs) The more that we know that God is the creator of the universe, we know that He is all-wise, He is all-powerful, He is all-sovereign. As we grow in that knowledge and we know Him better, yeah, I'm going to trust Him more. You know, if if you walked up to me, you you don't know me. I guess maybe because I'm a preacher, I have some credibility to you. But just say you meet someone that you really know well and just a stranger uh, that you've never met before, and you ask them for advice, who is the one that you're going to trust more? The person that you know well, as long as you know that they have your best interest at heart. But see, I think part of my problem is that I don't trust God as I should because I don't know Him as well as I should. And I think I've experienced this in my life as I know God more and more. 
and understand who he is. When I acknowledge him as God, as I get to know him, then I trust him more and find myself in that land of peace a little bit more often. All right, so this trust comes with a promise. It says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge or submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. He will make your path straight. He will get you to your destination. And our destination is that place of peace and serenity and confidence, unconcerned. He'll get you there. He'll straight away get you there. The message uh, translation renders Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 like this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. So I want to show you a movie clip from the movie Despicable Me. Everyone's seen the movie Despicable Me. It's back from 2010. It's had several uh, sequels after that. But um, uh, I've got to see the screens here. All right, so here are the major characters. This, this guy in the middle is uh, Gru, is his name. Uh, the minions there. And uh, those three little kids' names are Margot, Edith, and Agnes. And so here's a little summary of the story. Gru is a supervillain. And so he wants to have all this power. And then there's another supervillain. His name is Vector. Is that his name? I'm going to look at my notes here. Vector. And he's, he's designed this shrink ray, which sounds pretty lame, doesn't it? But I guess if you have the shrink ray, you can control the world and have all the power. And so Vector has his shrink ray in this, this high-security laboratory, and Gru tries to get in there over and over. He fails at several attempts. But then he sees these three kids... And they're selling Girl Scout cookies, I think it is. And so they knock on the door, and it kind of you know, melts Vector's heart, so he invites the kids in, and Gru's watching all of this, and he thinks to himself, ah, that's the way that I can infiltrate Vector's laboratory. And so he befriends these three kids. In fact, he even adopts them. He pretends he's a dentist. He brings them in. He's raised them. But the only reason why he's doing this is so that he can sneak in and get shrink ray. Well, he does that. He, he manipulates the kids. He gets into Vector's lab. He gets the shrink ray. But then uh, Vector comes back, and he steals the shrink ray back. Not only that, he steals the children as well. In the meantime, Gru has really grown to love these children. It's a real transformation. It's really, you know, when I first watched this movie it was with one of my kids, I thought, this is going to be boring. It really has a powerful, a powerful message. But, but now he's trying to save the children from Vector because he loves them. They've worked their way into his heart. And so this scene is grew. It's, it's a, a scene up in the sky, these two ships that they're, they're battling with each other, and Gru is trying to rescue the three children. Let's go ahead and run this one. Oh! <laughs> 
hurt you. And I will never let you go again. love some of the phrases uh, in that little clip. He calls out to the children, I will catch you. And then when he does catch him, he says, I will never let you go again. And then at the end, he says, I got you. What more can I say? That's what God is saying to us. God wants you to feel that sense of security, that sense of confidence, that self, that sense of well-being when you trust me. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So tonight, I don't want you just to leave and say, oh, that was a nice, cute little clip. I really like that verse. I want you to really think, where are you not trusting God? Maybe he's calling you to do something, but you just don't trust him. Maybe it's a mission trip. Maybe it's to become a missionary. I don't know. Maybe financially, you're just holding back. God, I just, I just really don't trust you. I really, I trust myself. I trust my bank. I trust my investments more than I trust you. Maybe you've got a habit or a sin that you're holding on to. And you're afraid to let it go. And if I stop that, that that's, that's what brings me joy. That's, I can't make it through the day without that. But you're not trusting God. You're not willing to let it go. Maybe it's a, in a relationship that you're not stepping up. You're not being the, the, the person that you're supposed to be, the, the mother or the father you're supposed to be, or husband or a wife. Scripture says something that just blows your mind. If you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you've got to become a servant. But you're not willing to do that. You're not willing to make yourself a servant to your husband or your wife. Because you don't trust in the Lord. Maybe you need to foster a child. Maybe you need to adopt a child, mentor a child. For some, maybe it's just staying on the right path. You're, you're on the right path. You're doing all the right things. You're not seeing any results whatsoever. And, and that happens sometimes, doesn't it? And so you're tempted. I'm just going to give up on this. And I'm going to try another path. Maybe it's just staying on the right path. Maybe it's just keep doing what you're doing. Trusting that God is making your path straight and he has a destination for you. Maybe it's befriending someone who needs a friend. Maybe it's attending a group. Maybe it's confessing a sin. 
scary, isn't it, to confess a sin? Most of us have some area in our life where we're not trusting God. But like Gru said, you got to jump. And I want you to hear God say, I got you. So my task was to leave you with an encouraging word. God is trustworthy. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the word that you have given to us. Father, we pray that we can know you more and more. Help that to be our desire to know you, to know your goodness, to know that everything that you call us to do is to bring us into this peace, this abundant life that Jesus talks about. Father, help us not put our trust in this world, in the systems of this world, in the culture, anything of this world. Father, help us always to be wary of the world, but help us always have confidence in you and to trust you with all of our heart, 100% of the time, even when it doesn't make sense. Father, help us to believe the promise that you will make our path straight. So, Father, right now, right here, we pray that you would, your spirit will work in each heart here. You may identify an area that we're not trusting you, and, Father, help us to know that that is keeping us from that peace that you want us to have. Father, help us to turn that over to you. Father, there's so many things in the world that are uncertain, but one thing is sure. You are God, and you are worthy of our trust. We're off this in Jesus' name. Amen.